it's kind of like reading a book like it's that same kind of feeling of um like immersion and like you're you're in a place because it's different it's different from than watching a movie because there's no you don't look around and you're not taken out of it but when we first felt it i was immediately like i was like kind of like wishy-washy about vr and then when we had that experience i was like all right yeah i'll just dedicate my life to this Hello, and welcome to 60 Frames. I'm Matt Paget, and this is part two of Colin and Sarah Northway's story. They traveled the world for five years, developing video games and seeing everything it had to offer. And when there was nothing left, they settled in Vancouver, Canada, and created a world of their own in Fantastic Contraption. One of the nice things about traveling is you get to be in these places that, that feel different in your in your body and in your brain you like kind of permeates you and one of the nice things of VR is that it's best you get those same feelings. When I was a kid I would get from reading books and then early video games I would get really really into and it's like you know the, the older I get like the traveling was kind of took over for that that feeling of like being in a new place and getting to experience something that's totally outside of my normal day. It's kind of become a little more commonplace for me now, but then I tried the Vive, this like room scale VR, and uh, it was like being a kid again and being like completely pulled into this fantasy universe. And yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm very excited that we can be here at the start of it all. We have a couple of design rules, which is usually a thing that never happens. And so our big rule is we call it uh, never say no to the player. And so that's if you, have your hands in front of you and you reach out and try to push something or grab something, you have to be able to push or grab that thing. People will pull, so there's these pins in the toolbox cat's head, which is the thing we have, a toolbox cat. So there's these pins in her head, you pull one out and you can use it to pop your contraption pieces and everyone will pull it out, play with it a bit and then try to insert it back into the cat's head, like, you know, like it needs it, you know, put, put it back in the cat. And right now that doesn't work, it just falls to the ground. And so, you know, we want to make that actually work because that's what everyone's expecting. It adds this kind of fidelity to the world when things react the way that you expect them to react. If you think about, especially kind of uh, first person games in the 90s, there would be a ton of set dressing that you just can't touch. There'll be like cups on desks and doors with handles that you can't jiggle, even jiggle. And that's fine. That, that doesn't really matter if you're running around with a mouse and a keyboard, but it becomes incredibly jarring in virtual reality. And we don't really have a word for the kind of like fidelity or number of things you can mess with, or a lot of that is stuff we're just figuring out as we go. A lot of the reason that I'm excited to work in VR is because nobody knows what they're doing. It's, it's just an ocean of untried things. It's nobody knows what's really gonna work and what's not gonna work and what's eventually gonna be fun, like what kinds of games are going to end up like working really well for people and what kind of experiences that people are gonna wanna have. And all of that is, up, all of that is like up for grabs. Nobody knows anything. And it's just incredibly fun to explore that like huge new world. VR is seen by some as an antisocial technology, one where you shut yourself in and are cut off from the real world. The Northways, however, see things just a little bit differently. We treat VR as like a very social kind of thing here. Um, that's, I guess that's kind of like a, a VR stigma that we want to work against is the idea that 
Uh, you stick the helmet on and you forget where you are and your family doesn't matter to you anymore and you can't hear people talking to you. Like that's not the VR that we imagine. Uh, we really like it as a social thing. So we've designed our games so that you can watch people on the screen and, um, and you, you can see what they're building and see what they're doing. You can shout encouragement. You can uh, give them advice on what they're doing. Whenever we play it, we play it like a social thing. And it is a lot of fun to see someone in the game, especially for the first time when they're discovering things, when they're like, you know, making something in a way that they just thought of like a, a new kind of idea that they want to test out and you're watching them test it out. It's super fun. Adults and kids alike just want to mess around in the space, just grab things and move things and feel like you're there. Like, that's, you know, that's like the most important, most interesting thing about VR. And secondary is the fact that, you know, there's this puzzle game with like 50 levels and I can, you know, actually have goals. <laughs> VR, for, for me anyway, right now, still, is just about being there. I feel like books and VR do a better job of making you feel like you're underwater or making you feel like you're in a desert than a movie does. Is that why we want to have things like the pin go back into the cat's head? Because like someone's used their imagination there and we want to like make that real for them. Suspension of disbelief is when we let ourselves forget what we know is real and believe the unbelievable. Colin believes that supporting this concept is key to making great VR experiences. Put yourself into a room scale VR game. Uh, you walk around, you can use your hands, you can see through your peripheral vision. Everything sounds, it sounds like a place. Um, like one of the most important things in the sound of Fantastic Contraption, uh, Gordon McLattery is doing the sound, and one of the most important things he did was add uh, like a like just a room tone, like just a noise that the space makes. And it's just a simple like it's not doesn't have like birds chirping. It's not even that. It's just the the like sound that you hear when there's no sound. <laughs> and the VR spaces have that. That's important to VR spaces is somehow like very different from every other medium I've ever experienced. And it's so much more an actual place. And at the same time, you know that you're still in your living room or your den or office or whatever. But then when you take the headset off, you're always surprised that you're in your den or your living room. And if there's a wall in front of you in VR, you won't walk into it. It feels, if there's a table in front of you, you don't walk into it. I think when, I think, People are, who make VR experiences are gonna think more and more about in what ways it's real and in what ways people use suspension of disbelief in virtual reality. And I think that's gonna change a lot how experiences get made and what ultimately works and is most fun and effective as a VR experience. The future of VR is uncertain, but both Colin and Sarah don't have to try hard to stay positive. Um, yeah, so when we started this project, uh, so we teamed up with Radial Games to do this game because it was such a tight deadline. And uh, all of us, all five of us involved at the time, agreed that if VR didn't work out, it would be just fine. That, um, that we were doing it for the excitement of working on something new, um, because we were really excited about the technology itself and we actually just wanted to make a thing in it. And, um, and that, we, we could live with whatever happened in 2016. I personally like believe that VR is going to take off. Um, 
I totally think it's going to replace monitors. I think, you know, five or ten years from now, it'll be like smartphones, completely ubiquitous. I was going to say I'm not laying any bets that it's going to take <laughs> off right away, but I guess we bet the last eight months on it. But as Sarah says, I mean, we really did agree right at the beginning that even if we don't make any money, we'll have made a thing that is just so rad and cool that that's... Yeah, when, worth the work. whenever VR does become ubiquitous and people are looking back on the early days of it, they'll see our game and they'll go like, wow, like those guys were right there at the beginning of it. That's a really exciting idea for us. It is. And that's the end of Between Two Worlds. You can subscribe to 60 Frames on iTunes to keep up with new episodes. And I hope you join me next time as I uncover another story from the world of video games. Thanks for listening. <laughs>